0: Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala ashraf al-anbiya'i wal Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een Wa man iqtada bi sunnatihi ila yawmidini So we continue now from last week as it relates to the explanation of uh, al Ahkam, and specifically, we have or uh, well, we are studying the Kitabul Tahara, the book of uh, purification. And uh, we will continue from last week on the fourth hadith, the fourth hadith from Kitabul Tahara the book of Tahara. And as you know, when we say kitab tahara the book of Tahara, its meaning is that there are various narrations and hadith compiled together in one place pertaining to the affair of Tahara, purification. So we are on the fourth hadith, and that is an Abi Hurayrata anhu, أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا توضأ أحدكم فليجعل في أنفه ماء ثم لينتثر ومن استجمر فليوتر وإذا استيقظ أحدكم من نومه فيغسل فليغسل يديه قبل أن يدخلهما في الإناء ثلاثا فإن أحدكم لا يدري أين باتت يداه وأين باتت يدُه؟ وفي لفظ لمسلمٍ فليستنشق بالمنخيرين من الماء، وفي لفظ من توضّأ فليستنشق. And that is that Abu رضي الله He said that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said إذا توضّأ أحدكم And if any of you wants to do wudu, then let him put water in his nose, and then he should bring it out, wash it out. And whoever uses pebbles or stones to clean themselves after relieving themselves in the toilet, per se, then it should be done in odd stones or pebbles. وإذا استيقظ احدكم من نومه And if any of you were to wake up from his sleep فليغسل يديه قبل ان يدخلهما في الاناء ثلاثا so wash his hands before he enters his hand or his hands into a vessel 3 times فان احدكم لا يدري اين بادت يده because none of you knows where your hands has been while you are sleeping. And in a wording of Imam Muslim, yastanshik, And that he should snuff water in his nose Min And whoever does wudu, then he should snuff or enter water in his nose. And of course, the narration in its origin mentions that he should Clean it out as well. Put the water in and then clean it out. Okay, regarding this hadith, uh, important hadith, uh, we'll deal with some points, insha'Allah. Uh, the first point, uh, is the narrator of this hadith. The narrator of this hadith is Abu Hurairah radiallahu and and we've done his biography before, and there's no need to repeat. The second point is... Uh, the Mouldor of the Hadith, and that is the title that we can give to this Hadith, and the title that Shaykh al Al-Alam of Muhammad ibn Salih al rahimahullah, Taala, is given to this Hadith. He says, "Bayanu Shayin min Tahara," and that is clarifying some aspects of various affairs of Tahara, clarifying some aspects of very various, various affairs of tahara yani various affairs related to one purifying themselves as they would do in preparation for an act of worship nam that proceeds or that comes after nam that's point number 2 uh, point number 3 Mal we're going to deal with a mas'alah an issue here and that is a statement of the messenger sallallahu when he said idha tawadda ahadukum but he said, sallallahu alayhi wa if any of you uh, wants to do wudu. Now we see um, in this in this word in here of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa is it's mentioned similar similarly in, in the Quran. Here where the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa said, either tawaddaa. Of, of course, tawadda'a is, is a is a past tense verb. Tawadda'a is a past tense, simple past tense verb. So one could understand that it's after you've done the wudu. Because it's a past tense. But no, but when we have either in the beginning here, it means when you intend to do wudu. Either aradtum, when you intend to do wudu, not when you have finished. Meaning this is what you should do in your wudu. And this is similar to the statement of uh, Allah Tubaraka Ya yuhal ladheen amanu, قُمْتم. إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ فَغْسِلُوا O oh, you who believe, well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in Surah al verse number 6, O oh, you who believe, If you stand to prayer, wash your face. So this here doesn't mean afterwards. It means if you intend, yani before you do your salah, once you have the intention to pray, then you have to do wudu. So if you have the intention to pray, And that is make ghusl and wash your face. And wash your face. To the end of the the, the sifatul wudu the characteristics and the how of making the wudu, which is mentioned in that surah, in that verse. And likewise, the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ فَإِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنِ Some have said that here when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says and if you read the Qur'an then seek refuge in Allah from shaitan. Some of the ulama in the past have said that إِذَا قَرَأْتَ الْقُرْآنِ meaning that you should seek refuge in Allah after you've read the Qur'an because obviously قَرَأْتَ is fil madi Malik aywa because kara'ata is the simple past, it's a simple past tense. So, there some have said that it means after you've read the Quran, then you should seek refuge in Allah. But then we know that the correct opinion is that it has either, as some of the other ulama have mentioned, here it says either kara'ata al quran meaning if you have the intention to recite the Quran, then before you recite the Quran, then you should indeed fa seek refuge in Allah tabaarak ta'ala from uh, the shaitan so here the messenger sallallahu said either tawad if any of you performs wudu meaning when if you intend to perform wudu if you intend to make wudu then this is something that you need to do, barakallah and this is an important understanding that we have to take for various ayat and ahadith verses and and uh, and uh, narrations from the Messenger وسلم, in this regard. Uh, another benefit in, we can add to this masala when the Messengers, when uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "Ya oh you who believe if you and when you intend to pray then wash your face wash your face, this incorporates part of this hadith this verse in surah to verse number 6 where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says you should wash your face that which is incorporated in washing the face is the affairs some of the affairs that's mentioned in this hadith and that is Shaq and that is where you have to snuff the water in your nose and also where he said sallallahu alaihi wasallam thumma and then you should bring the water out this is all barakallahu fikum incorporated in the face because the nose is part of the face the nose is part of the face so when the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam also to, to madmad also the mouth washing out the mouth is part of the face which we mentioned in the hadith of Uthman uh, Ibn Afan in the next few uh, narrations in this uh, Kitab Al-Tahara. لكن نقول لكم that here when Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said وُجُوهَكُمْ uh, Wash your face. Wash your face, this incorporates that which is mentioned in this hadith in snuffling water up, up your nose uh, and 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 cleaning it out and cleaning it out because the nose is part of the face, and I need my brothers and sisters to remember this point as we continue with uh, today's lesson. bi-ithni itnillai ta'ala. Aina, and um, in addition also barakallahu fikum. When the Messenger وسلم, says fi anfihi ma," and that he should put in his uh, knows uh, water, snuff water uh, another in- interesting benefit that we can take from this from the understanding of uh, the, the the link between the sunnah and the Quran is that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said Oh, you who believe if you intend to perform the prayer then wash your face so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned wash your face in general and The sunnah has come to clarify that affair of how the face is to be washed. And from that is this Falyajalfi anfihima. And let him put water in his nose. And that shows you that the, the the relationship between the Quran and the Sunnah. And that is that the Sunnah comes in various verses and various affairs to give detail to regarding the affair that is mentioned in the Quran and from an example of this also is uh, the statement of Allah subhanahu ta'ala and establish the prayer and also yaiyuhaladheena kutiba o you who believe fasting has been uh, prescribed for you and the sunnah has come to clarify the affairs of that which breaks the fast and that which nullifies the fast and likewise suhoor and and racing to break one's fast and also delaying the suhoor all the narrations has been clarified in the sunnah and likewise in the salah the different awqat as-salah the different timings of the uh, duhur asr, uh, maghrib, aisha, and fajr the different timings and also the numbers of raka'at and the numbers of the raka'ats for each of the salawats has been clarified in the sunnah so therefore, it's a refutation, as we can see here, against the Quraniyun, against those who say that we are, we don't need to follow the Sunnah, and they do not have belief in the Sunnah. This kufr, this disbelief. Because here in this hadith, فيكم, the Messenger وسلم, he said, alfi anfihi ma," and that he should put water in his nose. And this is clarifying the statement of Allah subhanahu wa taala, "Ya kuntum where uh, Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala said or oh, you believe if you want to pray then wash your face how does one wash your face what does that incorporate incorporates from them affairs or from their affairs incorporates is and or fi anfihi ma or or all these words is mentioned in this hadith of Abu Hurairah where the messenger sallallahu said put water in your nose suffer water in your nose and then bring it out and this indeed shows that the sunnah has in some affairs clarified its bayan, makes bayan in some of the general affairs that have been mentioned in the Qur'an. And its refutation against those who do not have belief in the sunnah and make it independent, meaning we do not use and go back to the sunnah, but rather it's all revelation from Allah wa ta'ala and this indeed is a virtue and favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to mankind the next affair that we're going to deal with is um, the statement of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam in another hadith which is in the sunan of uh, abi dawud and likewise in fact the uh, sunan al sunan of abi dawud and tirmidhi and nasai and also ibn majah and it's the hadith of laqit uh, لَقِيط إِبْن صَبْرَةِ رَضِيُ اللَّهُ عنه, where the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said وَبَالِغْ فِي شَاقٍ إِلَّا أَن تَكُونَ if you remember from the Kitab al-Siyam we dealt with this affair and that's the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم, he said and thoroughly put water in your nose thoroughly put water in your nose except when you are fasting and you don't do this when you're fasting and this shows the efficiency that needs to be implemented in washing out the nose because the messenger وسلم, he said and thoroughly snuff water in your nose except when you're fasting, which means that except when you're fasting, due to the fact that you do it so thoroughly that it almost enters down, goes down your throat so it means that you have to do it properly Except when you're fasting, because when you're fasting, it's a risk that you may sw- swallow some of the water, because obviously the nose is a passage that goes to the throat. And the Messenger Wasallam said, Illa and Takuna Sa'iman, Except when you're fasting. So this here, uh, coupled with this narration that we have here, فيكم, it shows the uh, importance and in fact, the obligation, it shows the obligation of a listing of snuffing water up your nose and cleaning it out. Because the Messenger Wasallam, emphasised this, and he said, baligh wa fil illa and thoroughly wash out your nose, except when you are fasting. The ulama differed regarding that, but no doubt the correct opinion is that it's obligatory because the Messenger Wasallam, he commanded, and the Messenger Wasallam, commanded when he said, then let him, and he commanded him to enter water in his, in his nose. And this is a command. And likewise, And it's a command where the messenger said, thoroughly uh, put water in your nose. So that shows that it is obligatory because it's a command. And the origin of command as it relates to the Quran and the Sunnah, Asluhu al the origin of command is that it is obligatory it indicates that that act is obligatory illa yusrifuhu an until a diversion has occurred where it moves that obligation away from its obligation now and there is isn't any proof or evidences that from the sunnah or from the quran sunnah that shows, al Kalafikum that it is not obligatory, that that command is not a command of obligation. It's a command of obligation, because it's the only command. There's the only commands that we find regarding this affair. There isn't anything that indicates that it's preferred. However, some scholars have said that the verse where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, "Ya أَيُّهَا amanu." الصَّلَاةِ Where Allah said, O oh you who believe, the verse that we mentioned earlier on today, if you intend to pray, then wash your face. They say Allah did not mention the anf, the, the stinshak, the, the washing out of the nose. So Allah did not mention it in Surah al so therefore it's not obligatory. And I ask my dear beloved brothers and sisters, What is the refutation against this opinion? That it is not obligatory due to the fact that Allah only mentioned face in this verse. What is the answer to this angle that they are using to say that it is not obligatory to do istishak, to wash the nose and snuff the nose and clean it out? And I'm sure that my beloved brothers and sisters will answer that the nose is part of the face. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, oh you believe you can if you intend to pray, then wash your face, it incorporates the nose. It incorporates the nose and the mouth. So therefore, it is indeed not in contest with the statement of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa It does not take it away from that obligation. In fact, the narration of the Messenger وسلم, clarifies what the meaning of uh, the faces, so in conclusion we say that it is obligatory to do istinshaq, to put no- water in the nose and to clean it out the second affair, barakallahu feekum, another affair that we want to deal with uh, after dealing with the affair of the, the istinshaq and that's putting water in the nose, and this hadith and snuffing water in the nose and cleaning it out in this hadith also the second affair that is dealt with in this hadith is استجمار uh, either and that is that if any of you want to use, uh, or to use uh, pebbles or stones or gravel and so forth to uh, clean yourself after relieving yourself Yutir, then they should use odd بَارَكَ pebbles Now so, this barakallahu fiqh is tijmar. Again, this is a, a proof here in this hadith of the, the using of istijmar to, to clean oneself uh, in both areas after relieving oneself. And, and uh, the wisdom behind this is to clean the, the effects of or the, reman- the remnants of any type of dirt or filth that is found after one has relieved themselves and used the bathroom from both areas. And also, that which is permissible is obviously to use water, and that's called istinja. And that is using water. And the ulama have mentioned that one can either use the pebbles, or they can use istinja, or use water. But that which is better is to use both. That which is anqah, that which is better is to use both, as it would, with it, reach the objective of cleanliness. More so, if you use both. And the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa he mentioned falyutir regarding the istijmal using the pebbles that let them use odd numbers. And the minimum that, the, of, that it should be used is three. The min- minimum that should be used is three or three stones or three pebbles. And uh, that is taken from the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'uddin radiyallahu an where he said, And that is that the Messenger sallam when he was uh, uh, relieving himself, he asked Abdullah ibn Mus'ud رضي الله عنه, to bring him three stones. So that is that which is documented from the Messenger sallam is that three was mentioned. So the odd number starts from three. So the odd numbers starts from three which is, shows us the importance of understanding the sunnah and the narrations of the messenger wasalam, by looking at other narrations which means it's important as Tulab al-Ilm, as students of knowledge that we just don't read one hadith and then we just run away with it we read that hadith and read around the topic and look at different narrations and explanations pertaining to, the, to that hadith and in this affair here, in the narration of uh, in Bukhari again in, in, in the hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud the messenger sallallahu he uh, uh, asked uh, uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud to bring three, so therefore the odd numbers start from three and uh, if for example one uses three pebbles and then they need to clean themselves further they have to use five and even if after five pebbles they've used they need to use they need to clean themselves furthermore, they khayyim, use seven. So they have to use odd numbers according to the Sunnah here of the Messenger Sallallahu Wa Alaihi And a branching affair or issue in this uh, molder, in this uh, pit stop that we have now reached is um, that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in another narration he prohibited using dung. He prohibited, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, using dung and bones. That one should not use dung, any yani feces or from the animals, uh, or, and one should not also use bones to clean themselves to relieve themselves. And what's the benefit of the Messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, excluding bones and excluding? Dung. Uh, the benefit from that barakalafikum is it shows that other than them is permissible. Meaning, from this barakalafikum we can take and the ulama have extrapolated that as the messenger specifically mentioned and prohibited using the bones and using the 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 dung of animals. He's prohibited using those to clean oneself when one's doing istijmaad, for example. Um, it shows the permissibility of using tissue it shows the permissibility of using tissue and that is taken from this narration and and the other narration as it relates to the prohibition of using uh, dung and using bones which shows that here other uh, other things are used like cloth or like tissue and so forth and this is mentioned by the ulama but the the, the condition that they've placed in the permissibility of using tissue, that it must be effective. That it must be effective as the istijmar, as the ahjar the or the, the stones or the pebbles for istijmar is effective. It has to be as effective as that. And this is qiyas, as you can say, and an analogy, and they have to be equal in their effects. And therefore it shows here, barakallahu feekum, the permissibility of using other than dung and bones in place of the pebbles and the stones the third affair that's mentioned in this hadith is a statement of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam wa idha staqaḍa ahadukum min nawmihi falyaghsil yadayhi qabla an yudkhilahuma fil ina'i thalathana fa inna ahadakum la yadri ayna batat yaduh and the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said and if any of you was to wake up from their sleep then let them wash their hands before they enter it into any type of vessel three times because none of you truly knows what happened to his hands or where his hands went uh, whilst they were asleep regarding this affair فيكم, there's a few uh, sub points that we can talk about the first point is that the messenger وسلم, said من من نوم, or Barakallahu uh, said wherever uh, wakes up from his uh, sleep um, the ulama they differed what type of sleep is this is it the sleep that's in the night time or sleep that's in the daytime? and some of the ulama have used another narration where the messenger sallallahu mentioned nighttime, so they say that it's specific for the nighttime. And others have said that it's general. And they say that it's general. Because the initial opinion that said that it's nighttime. they also say that when, when the Messenger wasallam said, فَلَا يَدْرِي يده, or يدو, That no one really knows where their hands have been at night. Because when you say بَاتَ to that somebody uh, stayed the night, When you say Ba'ata, he stayed the night, so therefore they say from this it means the sleep that occurs in the night, not the daytime. But no doubt that which is safer is that the individual, Kurujan al Khilaf, to stay away from the difference of opinions, that they wash their hands when they wake up, whether it's in the daytime or whether it's in the evening. And this is advice generally that is mentioned. By uh, Al-Alama Ibn Thaymin, in various affairs of fiqh, is that you should take the safer option, to uh, the option that agrees with all of the opinions of the scholars, and that is that if you wash your hands in the daytime, you wash your hands in the uh, when you, if you sleep in the daytime, and also if you sleep at night, you wash your hands as well. And uh, Sheikh Saleh Fozan mentions another way to understand this affair, he says in any case, it's legislated to wash your hands before you do wudu anyway and this is something that is preferred that is you wash your hands before you do wudu and the reason why this is connected to the affair of wudu, because we're not talking about running a tap and that is that in the time of the messenger and the the generations after him, they would do wudu from a vessel. They would do wudu from a vessel. So therefore, barakallahu fikum one washes their hands before they put their hands in the vessel to do wudu. Obviously we have taps now. But it shows you how they used to preserve water. And they use it sparingly. Barakallahu fikum Um, in the time of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as we will study inshallah in the hadith of Uthman radiyallahu anhu insha'Allah in a a couple of weeks or so so therefore even though there's difference of opinion in this affair of washing hands it's, it's something that is done anyway and it's preferred that individual does it before they end up or they're doing their wudu' So the Messenger sallallahu said After this what is the ruling when the individual wakes up from his sleep at night? Okay, so now we're we're, we're gonna focus on an individual waking up at night. What is the ruling on him washing or her washing her hands three times before entering into a vessel? The ulama, they differed in this regard. Qawlul awwal, the first opinion is that it's wajib, that it's obligatory. And that is the statement of uh, Imam Ahmed, Rahimullah, and others. Why? Because it's from the dhahir and the apparent of the messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, let him. Any yani command he should. Any of you that wakes up from his sleep, he should wash his hands, and he has to wash his hands rather. So this is a command from the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and a command necessitates wujud, as we know in usul, the origin of a command, the first look or first. Uh, angle of a command that we have to look at is that it is obligatory until there is evidence to take it away from that obli- obligation Aina. meaning there isn't a choice so feekum, that's the first opinion and the second opinion they say is mustahab and they say that it is preferred, that's the second opinion the strongest opinion no doubt is that it is obligatory because it is a command from the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa and we don't have any other narration Barakallahu uh taking us away from that command, and to add, and that taken away from that command and its obligation, and to add to that, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave the reasoning behind the command, where he said, "For in, for in, la yadri because none of you know where his hands has been, and this indicates, as the ulama have mentioned, that it's oblig- obligatory. Because it could have been in your private parts. It could have been anywhere. Because you are unaware. And there isn't, any, there isn't anyone who can say. Where their hands have been while they were sleeping. So due to this fact. It shows it's obligation. And it shows the cleanliness of Al-Islam. And it shows the emphasis of cleanliness. In the deen of Al-Islam. Every minute. Or possible. Uh, way or. or uh, Occurrence that, that could be where cleanliness is not established, the deen of Allah, the legislation, has indeed covered uh, those areas. Now, after this, we deal with some general benefits that we can take from this hadith of Abu Huwata, رضي الله عنه. Number one, and that is that the Messenger, صلى الله عليه وسلم, has commanded us to, when we're doing wudu, that we should indeed snuff water and clean it out. Up our nose, snuff water up our noses and clean it out. And this is part of the face. And this is indeed part of the face and this is indeed the perfection of washing the face. And it's the perfection in washing the face which is mentioned in Surah al Number two, and that is the obligation of using three pebbles or, or so forth or stones in cleaning oneself after using the bathroom or relieving themselves and this Barakallahu it has to be odd numbers and that's taken from this hadith and likewise from this hadith is washing of the hands three times before one فيكم, enters the hand in a vessel when they've woken up. When they have woken up. And this is to preserve cleanliness. And this is to preserve cleanliness. And another benefit that we can take from this hadith is the husn ta'lim of Nabi sallallahu Is the excellence in teaching of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi in that the messenger وسلم, he not only commanded, he also showed us the wisdom behind that command. In that he sallallahu alaihi said regarding uh, washing the hands, he said, "For inna la yeduhu." The wash, the washing of the hands when one wakes up before entering into a vessel. He said, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because none of you knows where his hands or her hands has been. Uh, whilst they were asleep and this no doubt فيكم, shows the excellence in teaching of the Messenger وسلم, in that he has given the reasoning behind it and this should encourage the people to implement this Sunnah and this command of the Messenger and the final benefit that we can take from this is in this Deen of Al-Islam Cautiousness is praiseworthy Cautiousness is praiseworthy And this is an imp- something called ihtiyat. They say in Arabic al-ihtiyat, And that is cautiousness And that barakallahu fikum is taken from this hadith Where the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said "Fala yadri." Naam Where the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said فإن أهدكم la yadri that none of you know where his hands has been yani, so you're taking precautionary measure, measures to attain cleanliness and this cautiousness is indeed a character, the characteristics of the believer that we take caution and we don't take things for granted and we have the position of al ihtiyat and we'll find feekum, in the in, uh, in al-Mumtah of Shaykh, Shaykh al Taala. He emphasizes this affair of Al ihtiyat and taking that taking precautionary measures and being cautious as it relates to these affairs. And this is from the characteristics of the Deen of islam And Allah, al- Alhamdulillah, we praise Allah subhanahu ta'ala for this perfect legislation. This perfect legislation, this Sharia Al-Islamiyya that Allah subhanahu ta'ala has blessed mankind with. We ask Allah subhanahu ta'ala to give us fiqh in the deen to give us understanding of the religion. And with this we can will conclude uh, today's uh, lesson as it relates to Kitab al-Tahara and this fourth hadith of Abu Hurta radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. We'll stop on that note. Until next week, with idhnillahi ta'ala rabbilashil adheem. Hadha wa Allahu a'alam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala Nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.